that shit was cracking when she did like I didn't say anything. I was just like, Oh, they're a cute couple. Turned around and walked out. Turned around and walked out. I got nothing else to say to that. I literally have nothing else to say to that. Should have been like, Oh, whoa. Whoa. Oh, hey, I didn't No, don't tell them where we live. I didn't realize yet. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is my cousin Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Excellent. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful because uh, today is one of those days where we get to jump right into the podcast. Mm -hmm. With us today is uh, the Reds beat writer for the Cincinnati Enquirer in USA Today, uh, professional Balco scandal. Um, <laughs> Uh, or a few, I'm sorry, past Balco scandal. Uh, what's the word? He got out of it. So, <clears throat> yeah. escapee, maybe. Escapee. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bobby Nightingale Jr. Bobby, how are you, man? First time I've been called an escapee, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Doing well. There you go. Congratulations on being one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> not easy. Well, Bobby, man, let's get started. Uh, I'm, we're going to, we're going to make this, we're going to, we're going to make this, uh, uh, a two-part kind of a questionnaire. We want to talk to you about the team. Obviously, the season is over. Slightly mm -hmm. underwhelming, but we want to start this interview off with uh, just a little take on on Mr. Marty Brenneman. The last day, of, I'll, I'll start off. The thing that I noticed that was pretty cool, the very last day, you guys were all there uh, on in the second inning, and that, that seemed pretty special for him. What's your biggest uh, – what? What's your biggest memory? Was it some, was it a day like that, or what's your biggest memory of Marty Brenneman? Yeah, it was definitely probably the last day. I mean, it was it was pretty cool that we all got to be in there for the second inning all together. Gave him a gift. Uh, I had a picture of all of us, uh, all the riders, not including you know more than just the guys that go on in the second inning. Uh, and nice. he, I thought he, you know he choked up a little bit during that, so that was cool just to see him. Yeah. Uh, that side of it. And then just the fans afterwards, um, you know, they allowed everybody on the field. I've never seen anything like that where, you know, you have thousands of fans and I'm sure just some went on the fan, the field to be on the field, but you know, a lot just went down just to kind of pay the respects to Marty, I was even though, you know, he'll be around next year. But, sure. Um, I think a lot cool of those people that. really were there for Marty. I mean, Marty Brenneman in this, in this country, in this city, I mean, is bigger than an icon. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of that really was just for Marty. I'm sure there was a couple of people that just wanted to be on the field, but that was a pretty cool. It was a pretty cool moment. It was really cool to get to see you guys up there. I even got, I even saw you on a, <clears throat> a couple of the video on the video board a couple of times. They were showing some past Marty Brenneman uh, things and he was up waving and I saw you sitting in the background. You made the big screen, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. There you go. <laughs> but I remember I, I did it. I was doing a story earlier uh, for for Marty. We the Inquirer did a special section on him the Sunday beforehand, and so I interviewed uh, Kirk Curbstreet for it. Another oh, guy cool. who grew up in Southwest yeah. uh, Ohio, and he talked about like he's like I never played music when I was in high school driving my car. It was always just Marty and Joe playing in the background, and I, I thought that just described kind of. You know, probably how a lot of people grew up back then. You know, especially when oh, games yeah. weren't on TV every day. Man, I'm going to uh, tell you, you probably heard over the last, you know, month, the the month of Marty, people talk about having a little radio under their pillow, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you hear, <laughs> I must have heard that story a thousand times. Mm -hmm. 
I, I mean, that's not a joke. I mean, I'm 30, uh, 36 years old. I had a radio. I didn't put it under my pillow, but I put it next to my bed and listened to him on the West Coast when I went to sleep at night as a kid. That's that's not a joke. That's literally what everybody did. And uh, he was a pretty special guy. I'm glad you got to hang out with him for a couple years. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, he welcomed me in, which was pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I obviously I didn't have a chance to listen to him growing up just because I wasn't from here. Sure. But, um, you know, he kind of welcomed me in with open arms. And, uh, you know, that, that was really cool from day one. Very cool. Yeah, that was uh, Chris and I are two of those people, definitely, like he said, that, you know, grew up. Marty, Marty's been the Reds play by play announcer on the radio since before we were born. Right. And we, we joke about all the time about how old we are. So that tells you how long <laughs> the guy's been doing it. So uh, but yeah, it was cool. And I, I Kirk Herbstreit said it perfectly because I'm I, we were both the same way. I mean, if, if the Reds game's on, it's on in the car. There's yep. no there's no anything else. It's just the Reds game is on. That's on. I want to tell you something real quick, Bobby. <clears throat> I don't know if you ever even listen to Marty in uh, during the year because you're at, you know, 90 percent of the game. So you probably don't listen to him uh, at all. But Marty has saved my life on a number of occasions. Somewhere in like the sixth or seventh inning, he always tells us, if you're listening on your car or truck radio, to buckle up your seatbelt. <laughs> and I have had to buckle my seatbelt multiple times, thanks to Marty Brenneman, probably saved my life a few times. <laughs> Marty, doesn't even, Marty doesn't even know. No, he's a hero. He Iconic hero. broadcaster and life lifesaver. That's man. exactly right, man. That's exactly right. Do you ever? Uh, did you ever get to? Uh, did you ever play golf with Marty? No, no, uh, I don't. I don't play golf, so. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't think I'd be good enough to even pretend to play with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be I'm, so intimidated. Even oh, if he invited nice. me, I would be so intimidated by that. <laughs> he's, he's like five foot three and like ninety years old. What are you intimidated? The personality, by? though, oh, it's yeah, golf. I, I mean, the yeah. way he loves golf, man. Yeah. I just and I'm horrible. I'm so awful at golf. Yeah. I'm sure he's a great trash talker on the golf course. Oh, I bet he, he easily gets inside your head. I bet he is too. <laughs> I would go just for that. Actually, that's yeah. what I would go for. I would, I would, I would probably embrace being terrible just to hear what he has to say about it. <laughs> just to <hear> a couple, <laughs> couple little jokes come out of it. Anyway, have- all right. Well, we are uh, at the end of the season, seventy-five and eighty-seven. Um, a little bit better than last year. Probably a little bit under the expectations that some of us had, but um, you know the, the the big thing is this off season now. What you know, who's who are free agents, who's arbitration eligible. What what is this team going to look like? Um, you know, are they going to be as busy as they were last off season? Um, you know, there there's a lot of stuff to be looked at. You know, they they've been talking the last day or two about wanting to. You know, the payroll is going to go up again. Um, they're really serious about making this a contending club as quickly as possible. Um, so let's start with the guys that are free agents. Uh, you got Jose Iglesias and Alex Wood, right? Correct. Um, so what are your expectations, I guess, of signing those guys back? I don't think Alex Wood will be back just because I, I do think he'll get a contract somewhere, um, even though he didn't pitch much this past year. There's still some value there just because he's a lefty. He's played pitched sure. in the postseason before, has a long track record with the Dodgers. Um, but I, I just think the Reds will go in a different direction with him. And with Jose Iglesias, I think that's a decision they're still figuring out. Um, but I do like if if the, if I had to pick a choice, I would think they'd let him walk and they would make Freddie Galvis. They have a club option for him for five and a half million. 
I would assume they'll take that option and make him the shortstop just because he, oh. he's kind of a similar profile as Iglesias. Sure. See, now I, that, that's something I never really thought of because I just keep thinking of Freddie Galvis filling in in that second base position, letting Jose uh, Peraza walk and having and having uh, Iglesias at short and Galvis at second, which we saw for a while this year. But I never thought of it. Uh, I never thought of having Galvis move. I, never, I mean, that's his natural position. So that it wouldn't be a terrible thing, I guess, in that case, especially since Galvis is only going to be is going to be making how much did you say? Five and a half. Five and a half. And he's a guy that's going to have more power than Iglesias. I mean, I think he had like 21 or 22 homers this year. And the Reds coaches are confident that he can become a better hitter than he's shown in past years. And but Jose Iglesias showed that he could hit the ball this year. Is he looking? What does anybody have any idea what kind of contract he's looking for? Is it long term? Is it would he go for a two three year deal since he this was really his first great year hitting? Yeah, I would think at least at least three. I would think in an ideal world, just because he's a little bit older. Um, you know, he was making around $6 million with the Detroit, Detroit Tigers in his last year. And then last year happened, and I think, he, you know, everyone was kind of surprised. He was still on the market for, you know, $2.5 million. Yeah, $2.5 million. million. So I, I think that surprised a lot of people that he lasted that long. He, he'll probably be the top, you know, you have D.D. Gregorius and then probably Jose Iglesias are probably the top two shortstops that'll be free agents. So I think he'll be able to command a little bit more money, and that's maybe where the Reds will be a little bit hesitant. And they also they also are looking for guys that can drive in runs, produce produce more runs. And Iglesias, I mean, he was a clutch hitter, but he's not one of those guys you're going to look for as an RBI type guy. Sure, yeah. Oh, and, even and, though he hit, what he hit three something with runners in scoring position. I mean, he. But it's a one year sample size. That's not something that has been a track record for him. So. And obviously a great defender. I mean, <laughs> he, I mean he, he had he some might, unbelievable. He might be plays. one of the top three shorts, you know, shortstops defensively in the game right now. Yeah, I do think, you know, we didn't really have a chance to see Freddie Galvis do a lot because, he, you know, he was hurt and mm-hmm. then sick at the end of the year. Um, but he does have the reputation of being a really good defender as well. Not to, not to the Iglesias level, but maybe a, a little bit below that. Okay, so let's say let's say they keep him. Let's say, let's say they do the way you had it, whether it's Iglesias uh, or Galvis. We'll just say Galvis at short. So then, is there an op- is is Michael? I'm sorry. Is um, holy cow! Uh, just lost, just lost my whole train of thought. Jose Peraza, uh, no center uh, field. Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel. Is there oh. a chance that Senzel comes into second base? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I do. Th- I think you know the Reds are the Reds are going to add their offense, and I think they have the flexibility to say there's a center fielder opening. Um. Say they find someone who can play center field. I, I don't think they'd hesitate just because Senzel plays center field. I think, you know, if they if they find someone great, they just move Senzel to the infield. If they don't, I think they're fine with leaving Senzel in center if that's the case too. I think that you know he played well enough there this year that they they don't have any hesitations either way. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so I got another question for you: pre-arbitration and arbitration eligible. What in God's name is the difference between arbitration eligible and pre-arbitration? So pre-arbitration is your first three years in the major leagues. Um, so you're young guys. You're gonna those guys. You know they're locked into their deals. They're gonna make the major league minimum for the most part. So around five hundred fifty thousand dollars, six hundred thousand, somewhere in there. Sometimes it'll be a tiny bit more, maybe up to like eight hundred thousand. Uh, but you're kind of stuck there. Once you go to arbitration, it's uh, it's more based off of 
you know, how you perform those first three years. Sure. So say a guy like Trevor Bauer, when he was first going up through the scale of arbitration, you compare him to the same, you know, it's kind of, you compare yourself to other guys around the league. And, you know, once you get a contract, you keep going up and up. Like Kirk Casale went through arbitration the first time last year, made $1 million. Mm -hmm. Michael Lorenzen, he made like two and a half. And each time you go through arbitration, you get, usually it's three years of arbitration. So years four, five, and six in an organization. Mm -hmm. Each time you go through it, you get more. So you right. usually, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to go down. So, like a guy like Kevin Gosman, he went, he'll he'll be eligible next year. So he's he made nine make and a half million. I was say, he'll make gonna... at least ten, probably. Jeez, oh, Pete. Even so even he's though gone, he wasn't right? a starter I mean, at the end so, of the year. So if he's arbitration eligible, is I mean, we can if we let him go, if we were to release him, what? Uh, I mean, because I mean, is that worth having a guy at ten million dollars in your bullpen? Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, you probably can't pay a guy that much. If you're not a closer to be in your bullpen, if they if you want to make a starter again, obviously that's more doable. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if they think he's going to be in the bullpen, you probably have to let him go and then hope you can get him back uh, on a different type of contract. So then a guy like Michael Lorenzen, um, you know, it seemed like David Bell at the end of the year kind of realized what what Lorenzen was was in his ear about all year, like, you know, let me play. Let me hit, let me play center field more often like that next year, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think, you know, since they'll being hurt kind of helped at least, and, and Winker being hurt, because those two center fielders that, you know, the Reds couldn't use. And then it was like, okay, now we're a little bit down further on the depth chart. Let's use, let's, let's see how Lorenzen adjusts to it. Yeah. You know, Lorenzen, he, he was an uh, unbelievable reliever this year. I mean, it was his best year pitching. Without a doubt. He, he threw, you know, as many innings as any National League reliever. I think he was second in the league. Um, so he'll he'll get a lot of money just based off that. I don't know how much the hitting will play a factor just yet, just because it's so new, mm -hmm. and there's not really anyone to compare him with in the National League. Um, you know, you have Shohei Otani, but he can be a designated hitter. Yeah. There's no one that exactly. kind of like Lorenzo that play, plays center field, especially. Um, but as, you know, he made two and a half, I think, this year, or maybe two two million dollars flat. You'll probably double that, I would think, coming up next year. Okay, so that's still that's still pretty decent value, I guess, for him. Um, so then going down the list, I mean, Jose Peraza, we already kind of mentioned him. He was kind, he was, you know, he actually was bad enough at one point to get sent down this year, and uh, mm -hmm. and then came back up at the end of the year after having a great year last season. Um, what does a guy like him, after having a, a pretty down year, you know, what what does he get arbitration wise? He'll still get a raise. I mean, let's say. I can't remember what his exact total was this year, but say it's like two million, he would at least make probably three, just because he's a year older. Um, yeah, he made like two point seven. Two point seven. So I would think at, at least three and a half, maybe four, just be, just because you're a year older. Um, you know, you still have the track record. It's not like you, it's not like all those hits that he had in 2018 went away. Um, so you still add to your totals and everything. And, and once you're older, you know. It, it, it kind of the people you get compared with are making more money, um, so he'll he'll make a little bit more. The big question is, will the Reds, you know, choose to keep choose him or to not? Keep him, right? right. And at this there's point, a in time, there's a chance they don't tender him a contract, and then it kind of turns into what Billy Hamilton was, where you know they didn't want to pay. Billy Hamilton was supposed to make it six six or seven million dollars last year, and they thought that was too much, and mm -hmm. that's why you know Billy Hamilton didn't, didn't get a contract and got released last year. Sure. So, so you got. Um... 
you got a guy like Luis Castillo, who's still mm-hmm. in that pre-arb, uh, pre-arbitration time frame, that first three years. Mm-hmm. What I mean, he's not making. I mean, he, are, are, is he just gonna? There's no way he's only gonna make five hundred fifty thousand dollars this year, right? I mean, they're gonna have to. Are they? Are this? Is that a guy that they're trying to work on locking him up through his arbitration years? Or you, do you go through and let that one more year come out? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where, like, team-friendly type deals come in where, you know, you see some guys sign long-term contracts like Ronald Acuna, uh, like Ozzy Albies of the Braves, yeah. their second baseman. He signed, like, a eight-year, $30 million contract. He's a lot better player than that, but it's just one of those things where if a player doesn't want to risk it, I mean, one of those, you know, that's life-changing money, yeah. and you don't want to risk an injury. That's, that's kind of where those come in. I mean, I think the teams are a little bit more flexible where, you know, if you don't want to. I mean, Eugenio Suarez, kind of that's why he signed the deal he did is he was just starting to go through arbitration for the first time, and then they you get secure money, guaranteed money, and that makes it a lot easier on him, and it makes it a lot easier on the team. I've heard some bad stories about arbitration, too. Guys talking about how terrible it is sitting in a room listening to how bad you are. Oh, Sean Casey. Sean Casey tells the best story about that, about going into the arbitration room, and he, like, spilled something on his tie. He had, like, stains <laughs> on You know how Sean Casey is. The dude's a nutcase. And he's telling the story. And, and he's, like, the guy's up there, and he had just got off the phone with him, a couple, the general manager. I think it was Jim Bowden. <laughs> like two days before or something like that. And Jim Bowden was like, man, you got, you've been hitting the heck out of the ball. You know, we appreciate it. You know, we'll see you here this weekend. And then all they did was bash on him, how slow he was and everything else. And he's like, man, I got to sit here and listen to this. I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> now for the most part guys. So like, I forgot what the deadline is. It's in January, but both sides have to put out a number on a certain deadline. Yeah. So say it's like January 7th. A player has to say how much they think they should get, and the team will do the same. Yeah. And most most players will settle. They'll come to an agreement. They'll be like, okay, we're only $200,000 off. We'll split the difference, yeah. something like that. Very you. few guys actually go to the arbitration hearing. Yeah. You know, It's usually probably just 10 or 15 guys around the entire league that actually go through the hearing, and then that's where you hear the stories of right. you know teams arguing why they shouldn't make as much as they think they should. So you got a guy like Bauer, arbitration mm-hmm. eligible again this year. Thirteen million last year. He's obvious, right? This guy's. I mean, th- this isn't some. They're going to pay him fifteen, yeah. fifteen million or whatever, twenty million. I don't know what it'll be, but they're going to have. They're going to pay him. Yeah, it'll probably be around twenty, I would think. And then, yeah, you you don't trade your top prospects for him if you weren't going to keep him around. Exactly. All right. So so in that case, you got your your starting. Uh, so you still got Disco, same way, arbitration eligible. He'll make three, four million dollars next year after that. Um, I mean, are the Reds known as a team that's usually pretty good when these arbitration cases are before, like to get guys signed beforehand, or are they are they known as kind of a stingy team? No, no, yeah, they just like every team. I think most most teams agree to contracts beforehand and don't get it that far. I think Alex Wood was the only player arbitration eligible this past year who they went to arbitration with, and Alex Wood won the case. Um, gotcha. And he, he, I think he got a million dollars more than what the Reds wanted him were requesting for it. So it, it's a rare thing. I mean, most most MLB trade rumors, uh, popular website. Yeah, they put they they have like their own formula, and they push they publish numbers pretty early in the off season. It's usually, I mean, it's not exact, but their numbers, their estimates are pretty close to what the players will get. Hmm. 
Gotcha. Okay. So uh so they got so Alex Wood probably not. They may or may not sign Iglesias back and then guys like Bauer and Disclafani and Lorenzen and Winker all get will all likely get raises. Um so but, you know, Dick Williams did say payroll's going up again. Uh so how how aggressive in the free agent market do you expect them to be? Free agent market, I think they'll be, you know, they're not going to get Anthony Rendon or Garrett Cole, not the guys that are going to make $200 million. I'd be surprised if they spent $100 million on a player. But I could I could see the more of the middling guys. You know, you have like a Yasmani Grandal, the catcher for the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he makes 30, 30 to $40 million. I could see the Reds being a team that's in on that. I don't think they shied away in the past. It's just I don't think they've ever been a top bidder. Where as this year, I mean, no one's come out outright and said, you know, if we don't make the playoffs next year's a bust. Uh, but I think you can feel that kind of sense, that mentality, you got, that kind of pressure. You got Barnhart locked up for three more years, or well, two years and a team option. Mm-hmm. And, and I realize that they, you know, they talked about Real Muto this year uh, in the off season was a big name kept getting thrown up. But I mean, Barnhart has, I mean. Is that somewhere where you want to spend? You want to go out and spend forty million dollars on a catcher, and you got a backup making five a year? You know, I, I it just doesn't seem like it makes much sense to me. Yeah, but that's just one of those things where you know Barnhart's probably you know he had a you know below average year this year. Well, he did, yeah. Not including the last two months of the season, uh, he was a little bit better then. Um, but you know, he's, he really struggled the first four months. And you look at guys like Randall and JT Romuto. I mean. Those are big offensive upgrades. I mean, if you can yeah. count on your catcher to be a guy that can drive in 80 runs, I mean, you know, that changes your whole lineup. And he's a former Red. He was drafted by the Reds anyway, so yeah. um, he was a huge mm-hmm. prospect. We couldn't wait for him to come up <laughs> before <Yeah>. they <laughs> traded him. Uh, all right, so that's so. What's what are the positions? What what are the big moves? What do, what do you what are the Reds looking for going into free agency? Going into the trade market after all these deals are done here in January. Uh. The, the biggest position they're going to go after? Yeah. I, I would say at least an out, at least one outfielder, maybe two. You know, I, I think they're comfortable with Jesse Winker. They're comfortable with Nick Senzel. They're comfortable with R.C.D. Zucchino. Um, I hope so. But, but I, I think, you know, I've, I, we talked about, you know, Senzel, you could move him to infield. Winker, he primarily only played against right-handed pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't hit against lefties. Aquino, you know, he had a good – a great two months, obviously, but I don't, I don't think they're going to go into spring training and say, you know what, we feel good if he's the everyday right fielder, no matter what. You know, if he wins the position, great. If you know, if he comes to camp and he out hits everybody again, you know, there's no problem with him winning the position. But I think it's one of those things where they're not afraid to upgrade and say, you know, if we had another outfielder or two outfielders that are really good hitters, you know, that just makes everyone else better because then you have, you know, Jesse Winker hitting against right-handers and Maybe you have somebody else hitting against lefties that's, you know, like a Jesse Winker that can drive in a lot of runs, get on base a lot. So I think you have that for sure. I can see second base, uh, you know, just because, you know, I think they were depending happy with on what the Josh Van Meter did. Yeah, depending yeah. on the outfield. And also just, you know, Josh Van Meter did well um, in the role he had. But I think you could really get a thumper there, you know, uh, like a Mike Moustakas or something like that. Uh, obviously there's a lot of guys you can trade for, but I, I think there's just a big priority on getting RBI type guys, you know, guys yeah. that 
you have the Joey Votto's, you have the Jesse Winkers, you have guys that can get on base, but you need guys that can drive them in. And that was kind of what was missing in the offense this year. Yeah, and speaking of that, uh, the Reds did let Turner Ward go, their hitting coach. Um, so they're looking for a hitting coach as well now, right? Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, because they were, I think, 12th in the National League in runs, 12th in on base, and 10th in slugging. And those, all those, most of the offensive numbers were down from the previous year. Um, so, yeah, I, I certainly think they would think they are looking to upgrade significantly offensively. Yeah, and I also think that was part, it was like partly like the offense underperformed this year, mm-hmm. and also partly they're trying to do what they're doing on the pitching side, which is have a consistent message from the top to bottom, minor leagues to major leagues. Um, the Cardinals have been really good at it. The Dodgers are really good at it, just having one consistent message. And I think, you know, not that Turner Ward couldn't deliver a consistent message, but I think they're looking for someone more like a Derek Johnson type that has experience in the minor leagues in, in terms of being like a coordinator in the minor leagues. Um, you know, so, so someone in that type of role who's done it in an entire organization-wide philosophy versus just being a regular major league hitting coach. Yeah, because so. these guys are hitting – I mean, last year – I mean, outside of Aristides Aquino and in the last two months and Jose – I'm sorry, and, um, and Eugenio Suarez for the whole year, this team – and I mean, in Jose Iglesias, I guess, who had a better than average year. I mean, this team was not good on the hitting side. How much of that really is a hitting coach that does that, or is that just a scapegoat? Let's we just got to find some. We gotta we gotta make some kind of move because the offense was so bad. Yeah, I think it, you know, once guys reach the major leagues, I don't think they're changing their swings that often. You saw guys do it a little bit this year, like Joey Votto changed his swing in July. Yeah, um, Jesse Winker made some changes to his swing. But for the most part, I mean, you know, I, I don't think they rely on a hitting coach as much as you would think. I mean, obviously, they, they you know, they throw to him every day. They work with him every day. But it's one of those things that guys, when they're coming up from the minor leagues, that's the chance you really have to make huge adjustments to guys' swings, um, you know, change launch angles and stuff like that. Once you're in the major leagues, there's kind of less time to do it. And when you do make the changes, you know, it's hard to do it against major league pitching. And, you know, that's where you see guys kind of struggle. Like Nick Zenzel made some changes and then really struggled in August. And, you know, it's just a hard thing to do on the fly in the major leagues. Yeah, I mean, Joey Votto struggled like crazy this year. And admittedly so on his part, it was one of his worst years and it was very frustrating. And he tried to change his swing a couple times, but I know none of that came from the hitting coach. There ain't no hitting coach telling Joey Votto what to do, right? I mean, Joey Votto. <laughs> I mean, he he knows his swing the best. I mean, obviously they'll offer suggestions, but – you know, it's up to him to just, you know, rattle, rattle to decide whether, you know, he thinks it's a good idea or not. Sure. And that this is the second year in a row that, you know, at the end of the year, Votto's talked quite a bit about how disappointed he is in himself. Um, do you feel like, do you feel like age is just catching up to Votto or is there something else? Can he, can he make another adjustment and come back and be close to the Joey Votto from five, six years ago? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he'll ever get to MVP level Joey Votto. Um, just, just, you know, you, you just see his powers way down. Yeah, I think that's, that's just the biggest difference. And then, you know, if pitchers don't fear that he's going to hit 30 homers in a season, they don't have to walk him as much. You know, some pitchers will live with, you make a mistake, maybe he hits a double, but that's better than giving up a homer. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right. So then big picture, how far, how far away do you think the Reds are from being a contending playoff team? Uh, a playoff team, they better, they hope it's next year. I mean, if it's not next year, I think 
you're, you're going to see an angry fan base. I think you're going to see, you know, probably wholesale changes. I mean, if wow. they're making a lot of changes right now, but I, I do think it's it's almost like a playoffs or bust. I mean, they've made all these moves to make the playoffs next year. Well, if Aristides Aquino can come through and do what he did in the in those last two <laughs> months, I mean, the dude's got 47 RBIs in two months. Boy, I'll tell you what, I, that's just a that's a shot in the arm for an offense. So to have him and Suarez hitting three four for an entire year, that alone is going to make this offense that much better to me. When you got that kind of guy in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you know, you need a, you need a couple more guys than that. I mean, Vado get on base. You know, Nick Senzel. Um, you, didn't, you didn't get to see him a whole for a full year. Jesse Winker, the same thing. I mean, those guys are good hitters. They're guys you can build around. Uh, but add one more two, two one or two more guys just like them. You know that that the the goal is to kind of make the offense have the strides this year that the pitching had the strides with. Yeah, I agree. So the so uh, the season's over. You're done uh, with season wise. You still got a lot. Of, there's still a lot of news coming out. They're firing people. They're making moves. They're hiring. Uh, they're hiring guys. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Still, you got any kind of vacations planned? You got anything out there? You're getting ready to go do, brother? I'll go to uh, Washington D.C. in October. That'll right. be kind of my my tourist vacation. There you go. That sounds good. They're gonna be playing. Uh, they're gonna still be playing when you go out there. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you well, make be, that a vacation. Be a little bit busier you, than I thought. Yeah, you, well, you make it a vacation. You might get a call from your boss to cover it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While you're out there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, do you know of any other thing you mentioned to us before that you know in the off season, if if you know a couple little periods where it's a little slower, um, and you might have to help out with some other things? Do you know of anything for sure that you're going to be doing? Uh, other than baseball? Well, I helped out, you know, the Reds end of the season in uh, Pittsburgh. And so I just stayed an extra day in the Bengals Steelers was Monday night. Uh, so I, I helped cover that for the Inquirer. Right, so there'll be stuff that. like that. I mean, if, if I'm around, I'm willing to help out. But I, it's not like I'll be full-time Bengals or anything. But you got to um, get here gotta, and there. You got to get with Adam Baum. And, and you got to get to the crosstown shootout. You got to find a way to yeah. get a press to get a press badge or whatever it is for the shootout. See, I'd rather see, I'd rather do that on the fan side. I don't know if I'd want to cover it. I don't. I, I don't blame you. I well, don't blame you. Although well, get the seat, a, the seat that you get is phenomenal. Yeah, so. get a get a get a press <laughs> get a press pass yeah, and just go and don't pass. cover it. Yeah, yeah, get a press pass. Act like you're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds easy enough for me. That is that is a good uh, Cincinnati thing to try to to try to do while you're here for sure. No doubt. Yeah, about yeah. It. If you end I haven't, up, I haven't been to that new arena yet, so uh, at UC's campus. So yeah. hoping hoping to get over there this year. UC has done an they did an amazing job with what they did over there. The Centos Center is is obviously beautiful, but I think you said you've been there before. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, if you make it to you ever you're ever at a Xavier game, brother, hit me up. We'll. Uh, if you're there as a fan, I'll grab you a beer and we'll hang out and watch a little basketball. I'll be at every, yeah, I'll be at every game. Yeah, basketball fan, so. I love it, so. I'll be at every game. Hit me up, man. But Yeah, uh, definitely will do. Definitely. Uh, we appreciate all the help this year, man. Get coming on quite a few times with us and, uh, you know, getting to, getting to be with you on your first ever Skyline Chili uh, uh, adventure was fun and uh, – <laughs> It's just it's been a good year, man. I hope I hope you don't mind uh, if we call you in the off season, maybe once or twice, and then hit you up for next season. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, every time I go to Skyline, I think of the first time. So. There you go, man. <laughs> nice. There you go. Nice. Are you still liking it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Obviously, if you're still going there. Yeah. 
Although I, I saw a survey, the Enquirer had something that Gold Star is now the more popular chili in the what? state. I haven't been to Gold Star the, yet, yeah. but what? I I saw something. Some hold on, yeah, that's some, ridiculous. Some food website had Gold Star as the best fast food in the state of Ohio, or something like that. What? And I lost my mind. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself. It was crazy. Bobby, but, in uh, your adventures in Cincinnati in the last two years, would you say that that's correct? I, I haven't tried Gold Star. So no, no. I, I mean, just just sure, with the people you've talked to. I've never, I've never heard. Everyone calls it. You know, have you tried Skyline Chili? No one's ever told me. Have you tried Gold Star Chili? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right because that's what it is. That's well, I'll tell you. To be fair, you should try Gold Star, and maybe some people do like Gold Star better. I don't understand it, but <laughs> but I some people do. You might like Gold Star better. I don't know. But uh, I, you should try. You I should mean, try it's it. still Cincinnati chili. It's some people probably can't even tell a difference, but it's definitely different definitely to me. Different. There's yeah. no doubt. You'll <laughs> try it. There's a difference, and then we'll take you out the skyline again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wash your palate of that gold star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, my man. We appreciate it again, and uh, uh, we will be talking with you later. Oh, real quick before you go, let everybody know because uh, you're one of my favorite follows on the tweet box. How do people get a hold of you on the tweet box? Yeah, my last name, Nightingale, and then JR at the end. So Nightingale JR. Uh Bobby, we appreciate it. Bobby Nightingale Jr. with Cincinnati Inquirer, uh USA Today, Sports, uh Reds, Beat Rider. As always, man, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Bobby. All right. Hey here we are. Bobby Nightingale Jr. once again with us. The guy's uh the guy does a phenomenal job every time he comes on. We appreciate it so much. Uh, thank you very much for coming on with us, and thanks for hanging out. We are the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. That was Bobby Nightingale Jr. You're Adam Schmidt. Sure am. Adam, I got to tell you guys, Adam's a trooper today. Adam is a trooper. Uh, we could have called the day off. We could have called the day off. Adam has to be up at 4.30 in the morning to leave for California. Heading to L.A. Big big man, big time over here. <laughs> Old big time over here is heading out to L.A. Uh, only for a weekend. Don't worry. He'll be back. He'll be I'll back, be back uh, next, week. next week. We got a little special guest for you next week as well. Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys know about that a little bit later. Uh, but are you excited about the flight? I'm, I'm not excited at all about the flight. I'm terrified about the flight. But uh, getting to go to california and see our family that we don't get to see very often and Mm -hmm. um, i'm very very excited about that celebrate uh, our uncle getting married um speaking of marty brenneman an old alg ain't love grand ain't love grand buddy ain't love Um, grand but anyway yeah yeah i am excited i'm uh you know i i'm going to i already got tickets for two of the bigger comedy clubs out there. You did? I did. Nice. Going to the Where, comedy, going store, to comedy store. And I'm going to the Hollywood Improv. Oh, to the Improv. Yeah. Nice. And next weekend. Dude, I hope you get to see Joe Rogan. Yeah, this he, weekend. He, he's always there, it seems he's like. All, he, yeah, he's a, he goes to both of them a lot, I think. But um, this weekend, I think all around the country, um, Conan's like company or whatever like takes over a, a ton of the big comedy clubs and puts on like big shows of a bunch of comedians and stuff like that oh. so they're doing that at the uh i'm pretty sure at the improv this weekend so i'm going to a show i saw a couple names that i i'm really excited about that i've liked for a while um tignataro yeah and uh nick thune 
is one of my favorites. Nick Thune. I gotta look. I gotta see what that guy looks like. I can't remember. We if got, I saw him, I might recognize him. We, we got to do a Nick Thune at one of these weeks. All right, um, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. But um, but anyway, we'll get into we'll get into the comedy thing. But anyway, that's one. That's and I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, our our guy Tyler Roop, student at UCLA. He's gonna take me around and nice and uh, just you know look at the. Look at uh, the campus and and go see Poly Pavilion and see uh, check out the scenery where the, where the go see, go check out the scenery there and um and uh, go check out the uh, one of the most historic basketball programs in uh, in the country. So what what is more historic of a basketball program, UCLA, Kentucky, or Kansas? Uh, you know what I put all three of them right about the same. Really. I really would. I just I still feel like UCLA historically because of that run that they went on yeah. in the 60s and the, 70s. The John Wooden years definitely probably are the best era of any for any of those three schools. No doubt. Although think. Coach K, well, no, never mind. He won <laughs> he's he's won one title, so that's nowhere near although he's had a oh, lot of Cal- success. Cal- yeah. Perry, yeah. Yeah, that's Kentucky run nothing compared to that. So anyway, um yeah, so so we wanted to. What do you want to do next, man? We we got some good Bobby Bobby Nightingale talk. We want to uh, we want to get into some NFL picks. Do you? How what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I I'm excited to do it this week. Uh oh, <laughs> that means I got my butt kicked. Did I go over three? You uh you did go over three. Oh man, you went over so three. Everybody <laughs> that was riding the the sick witted bandwagon at seven and two with my picks. I am so sorry. Uh, oh, and three, man. So that puts me at seven and seven and five. Seven I'm still five. over 500. How'd you do? I went two and one. Oh, there you go. So I'm at six and six now. So, oh, yeah, we're, you we're, were all worried. I told you not to be part. worried. I can already taste those hot wings. <laughs> <laughs> can already taste them. So, so we did. So, so we're six and six and seven and five. So we're much closer now. Um, much to my enjoyment. And, uh, so now week five, week five. Uh, games coming up this weekend, and I've got my three. Okay, good. So you, well, can, you can start your process. I just opened up the ESPN start app. So here's what we do. So so me, Adam and I have our picks of the week. We pick three NFL games apiece against the spread. Now, remember that we do the Nosebleeds comes to you live on Facebook, Facebook Live at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesdays. So this is the spread on Wednesday for the Sunday game. So a lot of things could go into these, and it, it is what it is. If if a quarterback gets hurt on a Friday, that tough luck for us. Too bad we lose. Although the spread would be changed. So anyway, Adam is currently six and six. I am. Ooh, I was seven and two. And had an O for a week last week. Dropped me down to seven and five. However, we are uh, we are ready to go now, and we are going to get into Week Five. The loser has to eat. Stupid hot wings from I don't know somewhere that's gonna suck. So, Wild Mike's probably. Yeah, there you go. Just really hot stuff. Neither of us wants to do. So, Adam, <laughs> you got your three, uh, and I'm gonna go through here and see who I'm gonna take. And I want to convince you again this week that you can take what you can take the same games I I I am because I I can't go first every week. And limit you to three. You're less not games limiting to me to from. anything. I don't even pay you attention are. when you talk about the games that you're picking. I don't even pay attention to what okay. you're saying. But if you pick the same game that I pick, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm gonna find out tomorrow when I listen. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, that's fine. Too bad. Can't change it. Now I got. All right. Now I got to pay attention to two things. So so what? Uh, <laughs> so what did me well 
last week, which was picking underdogs. Home dogs, all dogs. You took three dogs last week. I did. So, of course, being the smart gambler that I am, I'm going all overdogs this week. You're going, you're going all favorites this week, <laughs> Still huh? like overdogs. Overdogs, I like it. <laughs> oh, the overdogs. So, so uh, speaking of overdogs, Houston. Houston is the first overdog. They're a five-and-a-half point. They are. They favorite, are. Uh, over Atlanta. I'm taking Houston. I am taking the L.A. Chargers, who are a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Denver in L.A. So weird to hear L.A. Chargers to this day. I know. That's so weird. And then I'm going with the Chicago Bears, who are five-point favorites at Oakland. So they're away. But I got two home favorites and an away favorite uh, that I'm going with this, this week. Houston, the Chargers, and the Bears. And uh, I don't know how good I feel about those picks, but th- that's what I'm there going you with. Go. But that's what you're doing. All right, so that puts it on me. Uh, and this is something else. I am going to have to look at this really hard. This is my favorite part where you're like dragging on. Do. <laughs> All right, so in my for my first pick – uh, I am going to – man, Tennessee minus three against Buffalo. I am going to take Buffalo plus three in Tennessee. Buffalo has been surprising me. Um, wait a minute. Did Josh Allen get hurt? I can't remember. He's, he's still okay, right? No comment. No comment. Yeah, he's good. He's still in there. I'm going to say he's still in there. So uh, we'll take that. And then we got uh, – let's see. After that, ooh, Minnesota – Minus five and a half against the Giants. We got Philly 13 and a half. Uh-huh. 13 and a half. You know what? I like that. I like that number. I'm taking the Eagles. Ooh. It's a two touchdown game. I like that they kept it under 14 for me. I'm taking the Eagles 13 and a half. That's a stupid pick. <laughs> but I got all the faith in the world in them. That'll be the one game I win because I said it's a stupid pick. <laughs> all right. So then after that. Man, Green Bay and Dallas, that'll be a good game. Three and a half points. I'm taking I'm taking Green Bay plus three and a half in Dallas. I don't think they're going to win that game, but, man, three and a half. Those two teams are, like, the exact same team. Yeah. So, hopefully it's a field goal game and Dallas kicks a field goal to win it at the end because I really like Dallas. They were my Super Bowl pick, so. That's right. There we go. They were, but I play for the Green Bay Packers, so. That's right. Thanks a lot hey, for hey, Ron. against me. <laughs> Discount double check over here. My my uh, cousin who happens to be Aaron Rodgers' little brother. So that's our picks, and we're not going to get into football this week. Like we said, Adam is uh, Adam has to be up at four thirty in the morning tomorrow. So we're going to do we got we got Bobby Nightingale on there for you. Uh, we got our picks in. We're going to tell you a little something about uh, a couple places that that help us out on the podcast. And, yes, we are. And then uh, we're going to get into our favorite segment lately is the comedy segment. We've been watching a comedy special every week, talking about it. This week was Nikki Glazer banging. And uh, and before <laughs> we get into that, uh, that just came out yesterday. So there could be some spoiler alerts in here. Spoiler alert. So be careful before we get into it. Uh, if you want to turn this part down and come back later, we're going to let you guys know a little something about training personally. Go ahead, Adam. Well, no matter your level of fitness, if you like to be challenged and want the benefit of working with a personal trainer, working out with a personal trainer without paying the enormous cost of most personal trainers, 
then training personally with Peggy Edwards is where you want to go. Training personally is circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer. Yeah. Certified personal trainer, Peggy Edwards. It's at your pace. It's on your time, whenever's most convenient for you. Peggy Edwards keeps workouts safe. She keeps them fresh, new, fun. You can visit her at trainingpersonally.com and on Facebook at Training Personally with Peggy Edwards. And the best part about it is right now, Training Personally is doing something special for the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. If you go to the lovely city of Shiviet, and uh, go see our friend. Is it Chivyet or Westwood? It's in. Right it's it's uh, 3634 Boudinot Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio, Cincinnati, which is Westwood, Ohio. actually. It is Westwood. Okay, so just outside of Chivyet, uh in Westwood there. Great gym. She's doing something special for the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. If you go to the gym and you mention the Nosebleed Sports Podcast to her, she will give you the first month free. Now, the first day you go is free no matter what. She's going to show you around. She's not going to let you go too hard. She just wants to kind of take you through the steps. But she will give you the first month free. That's money in your pocket. Straight cash, homie. So, uh, Peggy Edwards, thank you very much. Also brought to you by Ohio Mosquito Control. At Ohio Mosquito Control, they offer quality services to the Cincinnati area at reasonable prices. Family-owned and operated professional mosquito control service. Just a phone call away. You can catch them at ohio-mc.com. They're going to spray your yard for mosquitoes. And at this time of the year when those mosquitoes are biting like crazy and everybody's having campfires and running around outside getting bit up, they're going to help you out. You can do a one-time spray. You can do – they'll set you up on a service plan. They'll do it all for you where they hit you up all summer long, spring, summer, and fall. Uh, if you got an event coming, they'll hit you one time and make sure that you – you are bug-free for that, but definitely check them out, ohio-mc.com. Those are people that help us out. Uh, they, those are people that we hope that you help them out. So catch them. And now, Adam, we get to talk about Nikki Glazer's banging. Yeah, uh, because she talked about it for an hour. Let's be honest. She called it banging. Spoiler alert. That's all she talked about. And it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yes. Nikki Glazer is known for uh, getting a little raunchy on her on her uh, specials, which is funny. I she's I've said it last week. She's one of my favorite comedians. She is funny. I said the same thing about Whitney Cummings. She was one of my favorite comedians. Whitney's special didn't didn't uh, do it for me when she came out. Nikki's. I'll be I'll be honest with you, man. There was some funny parts. There were some parts where I was just sitting there, sitting there, and then all of a sudden I was, you know, I found myself with a quick, quick little chuckle. Mm-hmm. There were some pretty funny parts, uh, some things she says, but it wasn't uh, wasn't. I don't think it was as good as some of her old stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she had some really sorry about that. She had some really. She she did have some funny jokes in there. Uh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I I thought it was. Um... I was pretty happy with it. I thought it was pretty good. She was, I I was, (laughs) there were a couple of times where she kind of started, seemed like she started to, to, to start a joke about something else. Yeah. It was weird. And then it went right back to that. Yeah. It was so weird. It It was, was it was wanted to get off of it, but she couldn't. Uh, It was all about her, her promiscuity. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the deal. The best joke was a joke that I don't think she meant to make the, 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 the bucket, the toy bucket. <laughs> right. I think that was the fun. I laughed harder at that than anything else. 
And I don't think that, that she even really meant to make that, judging by her face. I don't know. Maybe it was supposed to be that joke, but that was the best joke of the day. I laughed harder at that, at the toy bucket. <laughs> yeah, she she did. There were I did laugh pretty hard a couple of times, um, and it was you know it wasn't bad. I I liked it. I I thought it was funny. I think she could you know, and it was funny because so she's she's had a couple of different podcasts over the last few years. Yeah. And it's one of the more popular podcasts on Comedy Central Network. Um, and uh, the one she's on now is, I think it's called, I think it's called You Up or something like that. Um, but I went through those and just looking at, and, and the one she did a few years ago too, just looking at the titles of all of them, most of them are about sex as well. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's kind of what that's kind of her mo. That you is know? just her thing. That's what I don't. She does. So Good for if, her. yeah, if I if love, you haven't seen, it. yeah, if you haven't seen Nikki Glaser, expect that that is what you're going to mostly hear about. Now she's very funny. She is hilarious. She cracks. And I'm going to tell you, she she might be one of the funniest roasters. We talked about that yeah. last week. She's yeah. super funny on the roasting deal. But yeah, she. Uh, I don't know, man. She. Yeah, she's good, but it was definitely. Uh, and I don't mind it. I, you know me. I love the raunchier the better. Dude. Sure, I think that's sure. hilarious. It just some of the stuff didn't seem to flow, and some of it just started to get overbeaten. It's like she said the same thing five times. Well, her first like twenty minutes was about one specific act. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I started to think, is the entire is the entire hour going to be just about that? Well, it wasn't called blowing. It was called banging. So, <laughs> right. so we knew it was right. going to change. It they was going to change gears eventually. They were related. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, it did, man. It was uh, it was an hour long of uh, jokes about those types of things, and uh, it was funny. I would recommend go go check it Dude, out. Definitely check it out. Nikki Glazer banging. It's fun. It, it is funny. It's not as I don't think it's as good as some of her old stuff. But it was still good. It's still, I still laughed. Yeah, I, still and laughed. I, I did check out. I, I don't normally listen to her podcast, but I did listen to it actually for the first time today uh, on the way home. And it was really funny, too. It was just her and, like, two of her friends sitting around talking about mostly that. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, it was from, like, a month ago or something like yeah. that. And, uh, and yeah, she uh, – it was funny, though. It was really funny. She, I mean, you know, all her friends are comedians, so right. it was a bunch of comedians yeah. just talking. But. Yeah. I'm gonna. You said it beforehand, and I've been trying to give you the the opportunity to say it again. It's yours now. Uh, well, no, I can't. No, you gotta. You you go ahead because there's one thing. Nikki I don't Glazer even remember did. what it was. Oh, uh, Nikki. If if there's one thing that anybody is gonna take oh. off of this special, they're gonna know how to please Nikki the exact way <laughs> Nikki Glazer wants to be pleased. She she talks a lot about just meeting people in bars and after shows and stuff and just going home with them and you know if there are things you're, she likes and things she doesn't like if you're one of those guys that's that that's going to happen to you just got to watch her special and you should have no problems and that's exactly right uh so anyway <laughs> uh okay so pretty good not as good as you thought it would be i don't know i don't really even really know what my expectations were for it but i i enjoyed it i thought i was going to put it up there with Dave Chappelle and stuff like that, okay. and, and Eddie yeah, Murphy's special. I wouldn't do that. That was. No. De- I thought it was definitely better than Whitney Houston. Oh, it was Whitney better than Whitney Cummings. Whitney Cummings. Yeah, I, I, I definitely say that. I think it was better than uh, your buddy uh, Gaffigan. I'm Gaffigan. Not, I, okay. Now, nah, was Gaffigan was was Gaffigan's one of your way, favorites. Way up there for yeah. me. Yeah. 
but okay, so so let's talk about we've we've mentioned a guy for the last couple of weeks that we, we wanted to talk about or yeah. that we want to watch, Mike Birbiglia, right? Yeah. So you want to make it this I week? I struggle with his name, but let's do Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia. You said it fine the last couple of weeks. What are you talking about? Mike Birbiglia. Birbiglia? Um, Birbiglia. Birbiglia, yep. Is that what we're going to do? What's a, So do we have a latest, pod, uh, a latest comedy th- special from him? I think he's... He got something new out there? Let's see. You know who else has a new one out there that uh, has been all over Netflix lately? Is that uh, that fellow that does the ventriloquism? I was gonna ask you yeah. about that. So here's the Jeff deal. Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Here's the thing about Jeff Dunham. I think I'm uh, okay. So the dude plays with puppets. Be right? honest. Be the honest. The dude with plays me. with puppets, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be completely and totally honest with you. I'm definitely a closet Jeff Dunham fan. You are. I am. Like I think that like if you say that out loud in public, people are like, "Oh, what are you like? You're either you're either 55 to the 65 years old or you're a little kid because he's playing with puppets or you're an old man." No, I think that dude's pretty funny and he and he's got some funny stuff with those puppets. I I could not wait. I'm so glad you said that cuz I was going to forget about it, of course, but I wanted to ask you about that because yeah, as, as soon as uh Nikki Glazer special got over, his uh, right the, the, the yeah. trailer starts yeah. right after that, and I saw—I already saw it a couple times before that, anyway. But um, so I wanted to get your opinion on Jeff Dunham. So I'm—I'm right. I'm glad I got your opinion. That's on that. my opinion. So at okay. some point in time, we might—we we'll have to watch his new special. But let's start off with Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> I think his latest was from uh, a couple years ago. Thank God for jokes. And that is the only one I see on Netflix. Um, I know he had. Uh, what was the one called before? Uh, he's got, I think it was called what I should have said or something like that. Um, because that's a punch, the punchline to like his big joke on that album. But gotcha. anyway, um, I mean, we can just do this one cause it's on Netflix. If you want to thank God for jokes, 2017, that looks like the newest one. Cause he's got two of them on prime, but they're 2008 and 2013. Two. What was the, what, what are those called? Uh, you got my girlfriend's boyfriend. Yeah, that's the other one. And uh, what I should have said. What was I nothing. should have said. Was that was nothing. one of his that's first the... ones. That was that's what got him started. Right. That right. was his big one. Yep. Uh, so I'm I'm up for any of those three. Let's you do, do the let's newest do the newest one, one man. Because okay. I don't think I've seen the newest one. Okay. Yep. I think I saw it when it came out, but I it's been two years, so I'm definitely excited to watch it again. Uh, so here we go, Mike Birbiglia. Thank God for jokes. If you want to watch it. Watch it, listen to it, whatever you want to do, uh, and then hit us up during this podcast next week. You can hit us up during the podcast, but I'm not going to be able to see it because I still can't see comments on the podcast. However, Adam can check it out or hit uh, send a comment. Like if you got something you want to talk about, Nikki Glazer special, and you watch it or you've seen it and you're listening to this podcast, uh, send something in the comments and let us know what you think, man. Or let tweet us. us. Crazy we are. Oh, tweet us. Yeah, tweet Adam, us. if they were going to tweet you, how would they do it? Well, you would go at Adam Schmidt forty four, and they would tweet you at Sick Witted. S i c w h i t t i t. There you go. Um, oh, the uh, oh man, I wanted to take a picture of us setting up. Isn't so the Instagram right? So we talk mm-hmm. about the gram, the Insta Snap, and the Chat Gram, and all this <laughs> other stuff. So the Instagram seems to be like the like that's like kids make fun of adults for having Facebook. 
Right. Now they, they say, do. Oh, yeah. what, uh, Facebook, yeah. what are you, 50 years old? Yeah. All right. So they got the chat snap or they got the Insta, Insta file or Institute or <laughs> Just whatever. Just say what it is. <laughs> no way, man. I can't do it. <laughs> so the, the gram. So the nosebleeds has an Instagram. And uh, I want to I want to start taking some because that's what it, that's how it started. Right. It was pictures and stuff. You just yeah. took pictures. So I want to take some pictures before we we get started, you know, set up. Uh, let you guys follow us around down on the on the on the Insta. Check it out. It's I think it's Nosebleed Sports Podcast at Instagram. <laughs> I, I'm not I don't really, know. You set it up. I'm not really 100 percent sure how that works. Uh, I didn't set it up. My sister did. Okay. Uh, so did. I really have no idea what it is. But that's a good idea. We'll get that set up and we'll yeah. tell you for sure what's going on. Yeah, with we'll it. get some backstage stuff for you and some, you know, some some goofy. Maybe uh, maybe I'll secretly I'll do I'll Antonio Brown and secretly uh, record some of our pre-show conversations and uh, give you guys a little look in. The stories are are big are the big thing on Instagram now. So maybe we'll maybe we'll do an Instagram story. Once in a while, I'm not typing. I am like not. There, I'm not typing a bunch of. I'm not typing out like a a, a word document and sticking it on there. I'm oh not no, any, no, no, I'm not no, writing no. any stories. No, there's no. No, no, no. It's stories are like, just like Snapchat. It's, oh, it's just like oh, yeah, oh, just like oh, photos oh, in a row. Oh, I got gotcha, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Man, is that how this Snap is? Yep. Oh. Everything. I mean, you can do it on Facebook now. You do it almost everywhere except man, Twitter. Man, that's a bummer. Which makes Twitter cool. There's, <laughs> man, without, there's just, if you go to a concert, I don't want to see the concert. Yeah. All right. Can don't, I tell you that? Thank you. If I, if you thank go you. to a concert, good. Watch the concert. Enjoy the concert. Watch, watch the concert with your eyes and, and have fun with your hands. Don't hold a phone up in the air and re- I don't care. Take one 10 second video and oh, leave yeah. it at that. There you go. I'm totally good with that. One or even 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 20 seconds or something. I don't care if it's two of them back to back. I'm probably getting out of it after that. Uh, you go yeah. three or more and or uh, I've got this sitting there tap 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 yeah, tap, yeah. tap 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 because all you're doing is showing the whole I swear to god I've seen so many concerts through <laughs> yeah. insta through insta chat what's snapchat. called snapchat <laughs> then I've ever that's just ridiculous I'm with you it's crazy I'm what is you. please I don't care who it is either like even if it's my one of my favorite people or singers or bands or whatever oh, I don't, don't want to see that on somebody's snapchat yeah, first off I can't I y'all already if you're at a concert you usually usually the sound is not nearly as good as listening to it on the radio. So you already have trouble understanding anything the dude's saying. And then if it's over another phone, I can't hear a dang on thing anyway. And you're 300 yards away from the stage. All right. All I can see is people. It's an ant. I assume by the sound of the beat of what song it is, but I don't know. People get in concerts and play other people's songs all the time. I don't know who's up there. Don't don't play the whole thing. And yeah. if and and here's the other thing. I put I put videos of my kids on there when they're doing goofy stuff. I do I do it. But it's like I said, it's one or two. Doesn't get into the third chat. If you got a big, <laughs> if you're taking a video and it gets into that third snap, that's it, dude. Just stop. Just be done. And do, that doesn't mean stop and then ten minutes later do it again. That means we got you. We got you. I don't need to see your whole hayride. <laughs> yeah, the whole twenty minute oh, hayrides hay are, are coming wrong. up, pal. It's hayrides. I know. Season. It's hay, that's why I said that. I want everybody <laughs> to know when you go on the hayrides, I don't need to see. I don't need to be there for your whole hayride. All right. I understand <laughs> yeah. that documentation is the only way people feel like they actually did something anymore. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, just being there 
is being there. Yes. Haunted houses as well. Do people take, do haunted houses? They'll take me through the whole haunted... Actually, you're probably not allowed to do phones inside. I'm going to people you, do it from outside. I, if you're doing it on... If you're doing... If you're in a haunted house, I'm, I will... I will defriend you because yeah. I, I don't like haunted houses. I'll be scared yep. watching it through your phone. Yep. No haunted houses for this guy either. Man, we are a couple lame cats, dude. That's okay. I'm fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with it. Man, a couple old people telling telling the young kids how to they're, – they're all saying go back to YouTube old or go yeah. back to, face, go back face to, to Facebook. Facebook. Gosh, bless America. <laughs> Whatever all these things are. You got Instasnap. You got Chatgram. <laughs> That's why you can't remember what they really are because you purposely say them wrong every single time, <laughs> Mr. S- Tweetbox. Speak- <laughs> I love that, man. Awesome. I know you too. Marty, whatever his name is, that, that hillbilly on ESPN. I love that guy. And I love he said tweet box one time and I am stealing it and you Oh, is that what that was wrong? Oh yeah. I thought you made that up. What's his name? The Marty Party. He yeah. has the Marty Party Marty podcast. Smith, whatever it is. Marty something. Smith. He said the tweet box one day and I have ran with it forever. <laughs> and I give him props every now and then, but for I still keep it as my own. Yeah. I thought it was your own. No, I wish. I wish. The face tube's not mine either. Instant snap though. I did <laughs> I did do the instant Who made face tube up? Uh Buddy's uncle. Oh, man. Or maybe I think he called it Tube Face. Either way, it doesn't matter. You can catch the Nosebleed Sports Podcast live every Wednesday night on FaceTube. <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> on Facebook, Facebook Live every Wednesday night. Um, catch it, And then Thursday morning, that'll be back up on all the podcast platforms. You got SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Radio, or Apple something, and, and, and about 13, 14 <laughs> different other ones. You, wherever you listen to it at, you can catch us on there. Uh, hit it up. Hit the like button. Subscribe. I'll put one of them in the, uh, fa- on the Facebook and on my Twitter uh, tomorrow. Hey, two in a row. Did I get two in a row? <laughs> uh, I'll put it up there so you guys can listen to it. It'll probably either be SoundCloud or iHeartRadio, but you guys can listen to one of those. And hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit us up with a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, pretty much what we got for today because we're at an hour and Adam needs to go to bed. I sure do. Cause we got next week though. We got a, we got a guest coming in. Uh, we'll do a little interview into him in individually. And then obviously he's a huge nosebleed sports podcast. One of the original, one of the originals, uh, from the podcast when we were not even the nosebleed sports podcast yet. Yeah. So, uh, very happy to have him on. He's had, He's he's been all over the world, and uh, you guys will enjoy it. Can I go ahead and say it? Can I say yeah. it? Yeah, Steve, go for it. Is it sergeant or what is he? Corporal, S- lieutenant? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll let him we'll let him explain all the military stuff. Yeah, it's Steve Snodgrass. Steve though. Snodgrass, uh, elder, ex elder, um, trainer, elder high school trainer. That's how Adam met him a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He's also in the military and uh, big sports fan. Uh, so he's fun to have on. He he no longer lives in Cincinnati, but he's been a huge Nosebleed Sports Podcast fan. We're going to get him on and uh, have some fun with him. He will be in studio. He is coming he's all the way from across the country to be on this podcast. I don't think that's the reason, but I'm just going to say he's coming just to make Why would us you say sound that? good. I don't think it's the reason. That is definitely the reason. <laughs> okay, we'll There's, go with that. I mean, he's what he told me. <laughs> That sounds good. So very excited to have him on and uh, catch us next week. Lots of more sports talk. We'll have some Major League Baseball playoffs to go over. 
We'll probably talk some Reds and Bengals with him because I believe he's still a Cincinnati sports fan. Mm -hmm. And then we will um, get into some more stuff. So we appreciate everybody listening. Adam, go catch your flight, man. Will do. All right. We appreciate it. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.